Welcome to Moneyline. I'm Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. We have the markets down again today. We're doing a show early, but I tell you what, we got a lot to talk about. We got the Lucid deal finally went through. The stock's up. Now it's down. We have a pullback in tech, but we have the reopening stocks doing well. That plus copper, steel, so much more coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Again, thanks for joining me. I'm Matt McCall. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. We're taping the show a little bit early today because uh, Charlie Schramm, a good friend of mine, he's in town and we got some meetings and that's why I'm in this fancy little uh, brand new three-piece suit I got going on here. And uh, even I'm going to put a tie on later. You can't see, but I do have sneakers on. But I'm actually going to put on my nice shoes. I'm really dressing up, not just for Charlie. We got some stuff we're doing today, uh, but we are a bit dressed up. It's earlier in the day. What time is it? 7:30 or so East Coast time. I've been up for many, many hours, um, getting ready. I even trimmed the shave. I did a little bit of everything today. Uh, so let's talk about what's going on here in the markets because it's pretty important. As you can see, uh, we right now this is pre-market. Uh, we have the markets down. The S&P down about one and a half points, about 0.4%. So it's not really that bad. This is the SPYs. That's how we're tracking uh, pre-market here. The Nasdaq's down a little worse because the tech stocks continue to get hit right now. And the Dow's holding up pretty flat. It was flat last time I checked. So we're seeing a bit of a rotation of money out of some of the high flyers into some of the boring value stocks, if you will. And I'm going to pull up a chart here real quick and show you on the full screen. And what this chart here shows is the pullbacks, this is year to date but the pullbacks from highs, so the percentage off a high. And as you can see down 0.26%, this is coming into today's trading action, folks. So this is after Monday's close. The Dow is only 0.26% off an all-time closing high. So basically trading at a high. S&P down about 1.44%. The Russell 2000 small mid-caps down about 2%. And then you see the NASDAQ composite down about 4%, 3.96 to be exact, off the all-time closing high heading into Tuesday morning. So the tech stocks have pulled back quite a bit. That being said, the tech stocks have still greatly outperformed year to date and over the last 12 months. And then there's two other numbers on there, much bigger, a little bit further down, just kind of showing you where the money's really coming out of. And you can see here, the first one is the ARK Innovation ETF. It's just exactly what it sounds like, innovation, big growth companies. That's down about 8.17%. And then down nearly 10% is the ARK Genomic Revolution ETF, ARKG. And as you can see, again, genomics had to have a hell of a year, but pulling back now with everything that's going on. The next chart full screen I'm going to pull up here for you uh, is showing some specific stocks. And let's again start at the top. One of them closed at, an, uh, at a new 52-week high, believe it or not, on Monday. And that's Spirit Airlines, symbol SAVE, S-A-V-E. Because the proximity trade, the grand reopening of the United States and of the global economy, is strong right now, and that's why airlines are doing well. That is a stock, by the way, owned for some clients at Penn Financial Group. Uh, then we have a little bit further down, Netflix down about 9%. Uh, Zoom, you know, that was a big stock, obviously, during the pandemic, down 11%. Apple down nearly 12%, and then we have Tesla down 19%, just a tick off hitting, and is down this morning. So it's actually moving into correction territory as of this morning. So again, still huge winners year to date, Still huge winners um, last 12 months, 
24 months, 36 months. But again, we're having a pullback. We can't go straight up. So what I would like to talk about here for a moment before we jump into the rest of the show is just really kind of how you play a market like this. And in reality, a lot of times is what you call just sitting on your hands. Walk away from the computer. Just don't worry about it. Because at the end of the day, these are great companies. This is the market still looks fantastic, but we can't go straight up. Again, the S&P 500 right here, let me pull up my little drawing chart. It looks great, honestly, folks. I'm gonna draw an uptrend line here. I mean, it's right along the uptrend line, that white line. The red line is the 50-day simple moving average. It's right along there. I mean, it's, it's just higher highs, higher lows. It's, it, it's the epitome, honestly, of what an uptrend should be. And you look at this uptrend, it's in it. It got to the upper end of the range. It's not perfect, those lines, but it's pulling back. And really, it could pull back a little more. It, it, it could pull back another 1% to 2% easily and still look great both short-term and long-term. But again, if the market pulls back, let's say 5%, a lot of times the, your, your high-flying stocks, your stocks that had your portfolio an all-time high last week, are the same stocks that are getting a hit hardest. And that's just how it works. It's volatility. It's beta. They move more. When the market's up more, they move up more. When the market moves down more, they move down more. It's pretty simple. So I, I'm getting all these tweets and these emails and these comments about, what should I do? Should I sell everything? Oh my goodness, please. I mean, it frustrates me, but I understand that I'm here to teach and help and educate because I've been there before in the past, many, many years ago. If you can't withstand this pullback, I mean, my goodness, let's just look at this in the grand scheme of things. This pullback right here, folks, if you can't really like, take that, and I'm going to move out a little bit longer. Again, look how small this is as we move out. This is such a tiny, tiny, I'm going to erase these real quick, but just to show you an idea. Look how small that pullback is compared to the, this is over the last like six years. It's nothing. Look at all the other pullbacks. Obviously, that was the, the big one. But look at all the other ones that are much bigger. And that's nothing. So again, if this is scaring you out of the market, you're not yet an investor. You're on your way, but you're not yet an investor. And it's not saying that you're not going to become one. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to say, don't do this. Don't invest. Not all. I'm a tough love kind of guy. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to shoot straight that if this is bothering you, you need to work on yourself and work on the way that you view investing. It's not gambling. It's not a game. This is long-term wealth creation by investing in strong companies. Companies that don't go up all the time, that sometimes are overvalued in the short term, sometimes very undervalued, creating great opportunities, which I'm looking at now for clients and subscribers because I see a lot of great opportunities out there. So again, it's all about staying strong, thinking big picture, Think about this. You can't make successful long-term decisions based on short-term catalysts. To kind of put that in a little bit broader English, think about sports. I am not going to release my quarterback, my franchise quarterback, if he has two bad games or eight bad games. He's 25 years old. He's got a great future ahead of him. Everybody has bad games. The market has some bad games. Sometimes we pick some bad stocks. It doesn't mean you give up on it. Sometimes if, if you have a strategy that's working, you have to stick with it, folks. 
And the very clear strategy that nobody can argue with me is, over the long term, there's no better wealth creation in this country for the average person than investing your hard-earned money in the stock market. There's no doubting that for the average person. Sure, you could take some risk. I did many, many times starting companies. That's not the average person. It's very difficult to do. I'm saying for the average person who could put money away into the market or anywhere, it's the greatest wealth creation tool you'll ever see. And that's why I'm here to help you. All right. So again, maybe a little bit of a rant, but I didn't mean to. It's too early for that. But I will sit my Dunkin' Donuts to wake up. All right. So uh, let's talk about Bitcoin, too, because Bitcoin's getting hit. It's now down about 19% from its all-time high just a couple days ago. And, you know, people are freaking out, of course, as they always do when things pull back. And again, people are asking, should I sell all my Bitcoins? Is the Bitcoin rally over? Are all coins over? Folks, if I change my view as often as I change my underwear, I would be the worst investor ever. I would not be standing here because I'd be broke. We have to, again, think big picture. We just broke above 20,000 on Bitcoin a few months ago in December. It ran up to nearly 60,000 a few days ago. Now it pulled back. We're at 48,000 this morning. We still went up about $30,000 in about, what, two and a half months, not even? It's huge. We can't go straight up. I know I sound like a broken record right now, but you have to hear this over and over because if you don't hear it, you're going to freak the hell out and sell on these pullbacks, sell when the market pulls back, and then you're chasing your tail trying to get back in. I'm not saying Bitcoin can't go any lower in the short term. I'm not saying that S&P actually, I think it can pull back a little bit more in the short term. But again, if you're a long-term investor, which you all should be, you have to be able to weather pullbacks. And if it takes you turning the damn computer off, turn it off and walk away. Stop listening to me. But don't really. All right, so all coins are getting hit. Bitcoin's getting hit. People say, well, is this the time to buy? I don't know. Again, it could pull back to 45,000. It could pull back to 40,000 for all I know before we go higher. It could hit 38,000 before it hits 60,000. I do think it hits 60,000 sometime in the near term. I still think it hits 100,000 in the next year. So I still think there's much more upside. And buying right now at 48,000 is much nicer than 58,000 where it was about 36 hours ago. Much higher. It's a double versus like about an 85% gain if it hits 100. So think about that. Okay. Let's talk about one stock that everybody's been talking about and I've had no exposure to. Um, and this is uh, Churchill Capital Corp 4, symbol CCIV. So we closed yesterday, I think around 60 bucks. This is showing, you know, some intraday moves here. So let me just see what we closed yesterday. Um, around $60, if I'm not mistaken. CCIV closed 57.37 yesterday, but it was well above $60 yesterday. And now we're at 37.90. So there had been rumors for weeks that they were going to be doing a merger uh, through the SPAC, through the blank check company that this is, with Lucid Motors, which is supposedly really, I guess in, in the US, the closest thing to a competitor uh, for uh, Tesla. So. Pricing it in, pricing it in, pricing it in, pricing it in. And I said last week, and I'm not going to take a bow for it, but I said last week, I, I said that, that my concern with buying this, I think it was around 50 bucks at the time. I said my concern with buying CCIV here is that 
when the deal gets announced, we could see a buy the rumor, sell the news type effect. And what that means is people are pricing in it happening when it actually does happen, the specifics of the deals come out, the deal comes out, people sell into it. You see that oftentimes with earnings, people are buying, the stock runs up in earnings, it has great earnings and the stock falls because that 40% rally in earnings was based on good earnings. So they were good, but they weren't beyond good. Here, what we're seeing is the deal got announced last night uh, that Lucid will be merging with Churchill. Uh, they announced it Monday afternoon after the bell. Uh, it's going to be a transaction of equity value about $11.75 billion. Uh, that's obviously at a lower price uh, where it's at. So it's actually worth more than that now. But this is kind of the kicker here. They got some uh, money in uh, from some private investments through what's called a pipe. And uh, it's a public equity deal. And uh, private investment in public equity, P-I-P-E. And that deal, uh, the outside investor, the private investors bought it at $15 a share. Uh, and that implies about a $24 billion valuation. So I think what people are seeing is, well, okay, this private money came in, that's great, all this money, but at $15 a share, and we were paying 60 yesterday. So now it's down around 37.92. So it's down pretty damn big right now. It's down about 34% uh, from yesterday's close right about now. So again, uh, I, I, I hope, People weren't buying at 60. I'm sure many people were thinking it's going to 100. I know people are pissed off that it's down. Uh, I, all, all I have to say is, is you have to take things into consideration uh, as, as far as valuation when you're buying stuff like this. Uh, can Lucid be uh, one of the greatest car makers in the world years from now? Sure, I don't know. I don't know much about it. But at $60 a share going from 10 before a deal's even announced, that's a little frothy, and that's why I said I wouldn't be buying it up there. Now, at this level, if you own it, I, I don't know what to do, honestly. I think you just let, watch it for a few days, see how it trades. Maybe it builds a base at 30 and ends up being a great buying opportunity. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Again, I have no exposure, so I'm not quite sure where this goes. But hopefully, you've gotten out of it uh, if you had it or you got in much, much lower, and you're not even worrying about this pullback you're seeing here. Okay, so... I want to talk about some sectors that are actually holding up really well, and we're going to go through a couple of charts here for you. Uh, yesterday, copper hit the best level since 2011, close above $9,000 per metric ton. So why do you think copper's going up? Well, the way I look at this is this grand reopening, as I'm calling it, of the global economy is well in its way. A gentleman from John Hopkins came out. I think it was in a Wall Street Journal, saying that he believes uh, that we will have herd immunity by April. That's two months. So if that's possible, uh, that means, uh, you know, all the people got vaccinated, people that have already had it, and there's just so many people have the antibodies to uh, COVID that you're not going to be able to spread it. So the spreading stops. You know, that's how the 1919 Spanish flu, which is so devastating, ended. It ended up getting herd immunity. And I think we're going to see the same thing. I thought we would have had it by now, honestly, but I'm the furthest thing from a doctor. So uh, I'm not going to even tell you uh, that type of stuff. Just my opinion. So I would say that if he's right, and I think he will be, suddenly travel booms. Um, you're seeing, I think the UK announced they're opening schools in March. You're seeing a lot of things happening right now that are reopening. So that's good. I'm seeing more and more people in the office. Of course, it's at this t time of day, I'm the only one in the office right now. Uh, I set this thing all up by myself. I had the producer set it up last night, but I had this whole thing by myself. So if things are effed up, it's blaming me. 
And just to tell you guys how much I love you all, I did do this show before I left last night, but I screwed up the mic and I moved it and it kept hitting this and it made a really bad sound. So I actually screwed it up for you guys. So I had to redo it this morning. That's why I was up at 3.30 getting ready. So copper, breaking out to a multi-year high. JJC is, is an ETN, which is an exchange-traded note. It's a little different than ETF. An ETF, exchange-traded fund, it actually holds uh, the shares or whatever uh, it's tracking in it, it you know, in a portfolio. An ETN's a note. It just tracks the price of copper. It doesn't actually own mines of copper or, or vats or vaults of copper. It just tracks the price. So that's a, that's a way to play, just so you know. Uh, there's also uh, the copper miners ETF, COPX. Again, huge run. It's down today 4% so far this morning. But a lot of things are down this morning, uh, as you can see. Um, how about uh, steel, SLX, doing well? Uh, that's actually up this morning. That's about to break out to a new multi-year high up here. That's, a, that's an ETF that tracks uh, the, steel, uh, the, the steel manufacturers. So um, a lot, a lot of really good movements we're seeing here in the commodity world. And um, you know, a lot of it may have to do with the fact that uh, this is the U.S. dollar index. The U.S. dollar index continues to move lower. As the U.S. dollar drops, the price of commodities, because they're priced in U.S. dollars, uh, become more attractive. So you have that going forward. You have the grand reopening of the global economy. Uh, you have basically a proximity trade, everybody coming together. You have this stimulus that, especially after what happened in Texas with the storms, I think you're going to see that infrastructure bill come through around $2 billion, uh, or sorry, $2 trillion. You're going to see uh, interest rates remain low, even though they've bounced up. The Fed's not raising them anytime soon. Uh, inflation ticking up a little bit helps this. We're going to have so much uh, rebuilding in Texas and roads and everything else. You're going to see a lot of these infrastructure-related companies do well. Um, I have my, some of my guys in the team right now doing some research on uh, the future of power grids. I've always been fascinated by it, but Texas in that winter storm shows you just how fragile our power grids really are. I mean, they're archaic, folks. And we need better power grids to harness uh, the solar energy, the wind energy, I know people were busting the chops of wind energy because apparently the turbines froze, uh, which I've never heard of, but uh, that's what I read. So I don't, I don't know specifics of it. But I find it hard to believe they freeze in Texas. Does that mean there's no turbines north of Texas? Because it gets a lot of hell of a lot colder north. I mean, they're all over Scandinavia, and I feel like it gets a lot colder there. So I, I, I don't know if that story is true, but I, I did hear that. Uh, one other metal I want to take a look at. And this is like the one metal that sucks. And this is gold, that's GLD. I mean, this is still in a clear downtrend. And I know most of you out there like gold, you think it's your safe haven, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, look at this. Um, actually, let me erase these. I mean, look, look what's going on here. Do you know what that means, folks? That's a downtrend. When you go from the upper left to the lower right, that is a downtrend. You wanna go from the lower left to the upper right, an uptrend. You want this. You want it looking like this, not like that. This isn't a clear downtrend below the 50-day moving average, below the 200-day moving average. Nothing, there's nothing redeemable about gold right now. Now let's take a look at the gold mining ETF, GDX. Um, I just did here, but. So again, what do you want? Lower left to upper right. This is just ugly. That is ugly, folks. So again, there's no redeeming qualities. It had a big bounce on Monday, but again, still below the moving averages, still below the trend line, still making lower highs and lower lows. There's nothing out there that says that this is a sustainable bounce in gold for me, nothing. And with, again, 
I just showed you the US dollar, did I not? Going down, gold should be going up historically. It's not happening. It's not happening. And even though Bitcoin's pulled back 20% from its high nearly uh, in the last 36, 48 hours, it's still crushing gold, knocking the doors off gold. Keep that in mind. To me, that is a new safe haven. All right, let's talk about, uh, I took a couple questions from everybody, so let's talk about some questions here. Um, number one, somebody was asking about, this is a cannabis stock, and this is uh, IIPR, uh, Innovative Industrial Properties, Inc. This is one that we actually recommended in our Investment Opportunities uh, subscription back in August of 2018, so back down around here, way back there. It's at $210 a share now. Pays about a 2.4% dividend. It is a REIT. It's a real estate investment trust. And uh, it, it, what it does is it owns cannabis properties uh, and then leases them back to the cannabis companies here in the United States. And as cannabis continues to pick up, but this is one that's held up through the ups and downs of cannabis because even when the cannabis stocks were struggling, this company continued to do well because what they do is they make money off leasing it back to the cannabis companies. It's, it's a... It's an amazing business model. And even though it's run so much over the years, I was one of the first people to recommend this stock. It's run so much, it's still only a $5 billion company. We put it in there, it was, it was, it was worth hundreds of millions. Now it's a $5 billion company. Pays a great dividend, it's consolidating up here. This looks great. I love this as, as a nice core holding in the cannabis industry. So great, great question. Uh, another one was about a SPAC that was AMCI. Now it's uh, ADN, uh, Advent Technologies Holdings. Uh, this has to deal with green energy, uh, fuel cell, hydrogen. It's about a $600 million company. Um, it's really pulled back. I own this one personally, just so you know. I should have sold up there at 19 hindsight. We're now down at 1282. I think we could find some support right down in here uh, in, in this area. Uh, so, so I think that, that we'll find some support around 12 bucks. Uh, down around there, I think it's a nice long-term buy. Uh, they just announced a deal uh, in a, within the last week that they bought a small company called Ultracell. It's a division of Brentronics. Uh, it's, it's a battery company, but it's portable battery chargers. And um, it's, this is kind of strange, but it's the only NATO, N-A-T-O, you know NATO, uh, North American Treaty Organization, NATO-approved fuel cell product that's made in the U.S. and one of only two that's uh, approved by NATO from produced anywhere. And they already have some units deployed in the field by military and security agencies. So uh, this is a, a company that's got some stuff going on, and then you're adding this in. So they, they purchased it. So uh, doing pretty well. Uh, I, I like that purchase. It was up Monday on that, but down today with this morning with everything this morning. But uh, overall, uh, I like this company. I like it on the pullback that we are seeing right here. Uh, speaking of pullback, I'm sure this is pulling back today. Uh, but let me double check for you. Uh, it is. EQOS down 9% this morning. It was down yesterday. Diginex. This is a, was a SPAC as well, uh, but it is a, uh, a cryptocurrency-related uh, company with exchange. Again, ran up, broke out with Bitcoin, pullback. All of these cryptocurrency equities trade hand-in-hand -hand with Bitcoin. So this pullback here, it's filling a bit of a gap. Let's see exactly where this gap is. Um, so that gap is right around about 1150 or so. If it pulls all the way back to there, even like the, even the top end of this gap up here, uh, I got to tell you, um, around 11 or 13.15, that 13.65 this morning, I think around 13 bucks looks pretty damn good. We have this in a newsletter for subscribers, uh, just so you know. Uh, but I still love this one long term. Again, it's just it's pulling back here right now with uh, with Bitcoin. 
Somebody asked about LiDAR, and I thought that was interesting because there's been a lot of reports out that Apple you know, is going to get into electric vehicles and self-driving vehicles, and LiDAR is that big thing you see on top of the cars, and it basically maps out for the car everything around it. Uh, similar to radar, but, but a little bit uh, further, it's using light-emitting uh, rays. So they're in talks, supposedly, according to Bloomberg, with some LiDAR companies. Uh, they didn't mention any names, but uh, it, it's, it's going to be common in self-driving cars. And they already use LiDAR in some of their iPhones, just some, some of them. And uh, they're, they're talking to these companies. Uh, Bloomberg says that a vehicle is still about five years away. There's also, again, rumors out of Bloomberg and a couple other people have said that they've been in talks with Hyundai and Kia, which is owned by Hyundai. Uh, Hyundai came out and said that's not true. Rumors that they're talking to Nissan. Nissan said, not as of yet, but we will open our doors to talk to you. Well, who the hell wouldn't talk to Apple about cars? But, you know, Apple has their own software, which is great, but they do need the hardware aspect of it, which would be an auto manufacturer. Uh, they'll need the LiDAR aspect of it, which will be a LiDAR company. So. What I did is I did a little printout here of the LiDAR companies, and all five uh, have actually gone public uh, via SPAC recently. So let's just go through these real quick, and we'll talk about them. First one is Luminar, uh, which is symbol L-A-Z-R. Again, they're all down this morning. Everything SPAC-related is down because of CCIV. Breaking through some support around uh, 30 bucks, but it might hold there. I think it looks pretty damn good right around there. Uh, Luminar at this price, What's the trade at? Around $30 right now. Uh, it's got a market cap here uh, of about probably, I don't know, $11.5 or so billion. Um, so, uh, no, a little less, probably about $9.5 billion. And projected 2025 revenue of $837 million. So, still pretty damn pricey. Uh, the next one is Velodyne LiDAR, VLDR. These, are, again, were both SPACs getting. Again, hit today down 7.3% down to 1670. Uh, this one is worth about two and a half billion, so not quite as big. And 2024, they have estimates 684 million. So valuation-wise, much nicer than than Luminar. And I gotta tell you, if this holds some support around 15, I do like Belladine long term. Uh, then we have a couple that haven't gone through uh, the mergers yet, but there's been definitive agreements. Uh, this one, uh, CLA, will be merging with a company called Ouster. Uh, they do uh, high-resolution lidar sensors. Again, down today, uh, trading here, uh, it's trading at about a $2.5 billion valuation. And uh, projections for 2025, nearly $1.6 billion in revenue. If that's true, this is a very attractive stock right at this level, to be honest with you. So that, that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, another one that's going to be merging, uh, CGRO. They'll be merging with InnoViz. Uh, again, a uh, solid-state LiDAR sensors and hardware companies based out of Israel. All the others are based in the U.S. Uh, and, and trading right around here, it's got a valuation about $1.8 billion, 2025 estimates $581 million. So not great, not bad as far as valuation, price of sales looking out. And then the last one, IPV, which is uh, going to be merging with AVA, A-E-V-A is in the company. And they're a uh, perception solutions uh, that's developed on silicon photonics for mass scale applications, part of LiDAR. Uh, I actually own this one personally. This one's actually held up the best out of all of them, but down 3.5% this morning. Uh, down around this price, it's worth uh, around probably about $2.2 billion in 2025, looking for $880 million. So I would say if, if I had to take a, I like Velodyne LiDAR. It's a, it's a bigger company. It's, it's got some good deals uh, with some big companies, uh, Volkswagen, a couple others. Um, Ouster looks pretty damn good just on valuations. 
Uh, Ava, which I own here, looks pretty damn good. So there's a couple. I think if you do this, you do a basket approach. If you're putting 5,000 into it, you put, you know, what, a little over 1,500 or so in the three of them and, and split it up. I think that's the way you go about doing LiDAR uh, if that's the way you're going to go. But I think it's going to be a big player uh, for self-driving cars as we move down the pike here in the next uh, few years during the roaring 2020s. Um, a couple other questions we'll take. I'm going to wrap up today's show because i got a lot of stuff to do. Uh, somebody talked about uh, rare earth minerals. So there's an ETF, REMX, that tracks rare earth minerals. I mean, this was at a hell of a run. It was down around 30 bucks about 10 months ago. Now it's at 91 and change this morning. And that's after pu pulling back three bucks this morning. Uh, this, this looks great. And, you know, last week there, there was a uh, new story out that China's basically going to hold the rare earth minerals uh, against us. And they, you know, they've threatened us before, and they probably have already, uh, because they, they have about 80%, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of rare earth minerals uh, in, in that area in Mongolia. So they control uh, the uh, lion's share of rare earth minerals. And when it comes to rare earth minerals, they're very important for defense, uh, aerospace defense. They're very important for the future of batteries, uh, for the future of technology, believe it or not. It's in a lot of uh, chips and things like that. Um, so... Uh, electric vehicles, you name it. it it's very, very important uh, for the future of the innovation and, uh, that we're seeing in technology. So we need to have some. So Biden came out, and or him or his, his group said that they uh, are going to be backing some of the U.S.-based, and there's really nothing out there publicly traded except for this. And this was a SPAC as well, MP Materials. That's the old mountain pass. It's rarely rallied up. I own this one for clients at Penn Financial Group, some clients. Closed at an all-time high on Friday, but it's pulled back the last two days. Again, anything that's been doing well and hot has been pulling back the last two days, so this isn't abnormal. And again, you look down here, look at a huge volume on the upside, light volume on the downside. That's exactly what we're going to see. We could hit 35 and hold there. It really bounced well off the lows this morning, so uh, to me, still looks good. But I think the rare earth minerals are still a great way uh, to, uh, to, to play a diversified portfolio. And then one general question, which is very important. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment below. Uh, and real quick on a comment people made, uh, last week I, I talked about uh, PSDH, which is Bill Ackman's ETF, or sorry, SPAC, not his SPAC, that I own. And I said I, I, said I got it in 10 because most uh, SPACs open in 10, but of course Bill Ackman had to be different. He opens at 20. And I actually bought it in August, so it's even before this, and I bought it when it was a unit. So it came with warrants as well. And I paid $20 and change, below 21 bucks. So I misspoke. And people went at me like I was lying and trying to... Uh, um, get something over on you. I mean, if anybody knows me, that's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm the most open person. I just talk when I get up here. So who the hell knows what I say half the time? But I will say, I bought a little over 20, so I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I said the wrong price. Sometimes it, I talk fast and I said the wrong price. So going back to the last question, it's important. Somebody asked when to sell. And again, we're down about 0.4%, very close to where we were when we started the show. And 0.4%. Off the all-time high in the S&P 500, we're now down about 2%. Now's not the time to sell. We're right on an uptrend. We're right above the 50-day moving average. We have pullbacks. We're going to have pullbacks. Look how much we've run. Let's even zoom out a little more. Look how much we've run since March, folks. Look how much. It's okay to pull back. This is nothing. Look at all these little pullbacks along the way. That's just in the last six months or so, not even. So when is it time to sell? When the reason you bought that stock changes, whether it's on day two or day 2,000, whether you're up 2% or up 
when the reason you bought it changes. That's number one. I will sell some stocks for clients and myself sometimes if they've run up so much that, okay, I want to take half off the table, take a quarter off the table, and reallocate that somewhere else because the allocation got out of whack. That's another reason to do it too. And you never go broke taking profits. It's always good to take a profit. It feels good. So those are the two number one reasons. If something changes, if the reason I bought that company is the same as it was six months ago, but it pulled back 20% from the high, it doesn't matter. Because long-term, my goal is the same, and we're long-term investors. So please, think long-term. You can't make long-term decisions based on short-term catalysts. You'll blow yourself up. I've seen it. I've done it many, many years ago. Please, stick with what's working. All right, folks. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. I got to get going. I got so much shit to do today. Uh, but it's going to be a busy one. So hopefully we'll see how the market closes. Again, this is before the market opens. We had the S&P down about 0.38% this morning. The Dow is about flat right now. So we'll see what happens. But I think we're okay. I think we're going to see a great buying opportunity. I might do some buying today for clients, maybe tomorrow. we got a big watch list we're working on. I'll be back Friday, let you know how the market ended up fishing today and wrapped up the week. But again, go out there. Be safe. Have fun. Listen, this shit's fun. This is fun. Pullbacks are fun. We get the great watch list of stocks we want to buy on sale. Everybody loves a sale. The grand reopening is coming. Get ready for it. Stocks are going to be booming. Again, thank you so much. Go out there. Tell somebody you love them. Hug them. Spread the love. Have fun. Have a great day. I'm Matt McCall, and that was your Money Line. Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.